and welcome to a new episode of A Fire Inside Out. I am your host. My name is Ben Hansen, and I'm joined by one Jeffrey Cork. Hello. Thanks for joining me, Cork. You know I couldn't do this without you. It's honestly. true. We're continuing our little journey here through AFI's full discography. Yes. Um, we, you know, like when you're mm. playing an open world game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you start to see the scenery change. It's like we're leaving the fall forest and now we see <sighs> snow on the ground, baby. Is this what the the note was that you had to write down? <laughs> no, that was something else entirely. Okay. I wrote it down before we started recording. I'm glad that that was. Got to write this killer analogy. No, 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 because okay, open world game. We're leaving Halloween behind. A new skybox. We got a new skybox. Okay, this is. We're not a Halloween band. That's right. This is December Underground. We're a All Christmas right. band. Get out your stockings, kids, <laughs> and put them on your feet. Don't rock in them. Just rock back and forth. Ooh, in them. these are fishnet stockings. <laughs> for the record. So we're covering December Underground, AFI yes. CD that came out. Do you know? Did you see the release date for this album? June sixth, two thousand six. Oh, nice! That was only in the states that it uh, released that way, but they went for the classic six 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 for what otherwise is not a very satanic album. No, what day of the week is that? Would that have fallen on once you look at your old? I don't know. What's the dumbest day for an album to be released? It's probably like a Saturday or something. It's Saturday at four p.m. Yeah. Uh, also, fun <laughs> fun fact, just for a good timestamp. We'll um, this two thousand six. Uh, I am out of my freshman year of college, back home for the summer, working mm-hmm. at a family video, mm. uh, having a good time, having just, it's probably the emotional low point of my life because really? like, my girlfriend that I broke up with started dating this guy that was like five years older than her and he was the biggest tool. Was he five years older than you too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Than the band. And so I had to like, it was a bunch of conversations about like, look, I'm not trying to get back together with you, but just don't, just don't see this guy yeah please and so i would drive around Mm. in my car my lincoln mark 7 listening to december underground stressing out about that whole thing emotionally and also then preparing for the day that this album was released because it was a double whammy because we got december underground coming out yes and adam carolla had his children (laughs) it is the birthday of his twins and this is something you were looking forward to i really was yeah it was a big deal because like oh what's carolla gonna be like with kids and like he broadcast on his radio show from the hospital Huh. Uh, and uh, very different lives. <laughs> what were you doing in 2006? I don't remember, but I hope it was more fulfilling than <laughs> worrying about Adam Carolla's stupid kids. Good God. <laughs> Look, I never said I had a great life. No. But here we are, December Underground. Uh, this is AFI's album mm-hmm. uh, produced by Jerry Finn, who <sighs> co-produced Sing the Sorrow. Yeah. They dropped Butch Vig. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not produce this one, but Jerry was kind of the more hardcore background guy. Yeah. Uh, he's the one who produced stuff with like Rancid and like MXPX, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that which, hardcore band MXPX. I know. Well, I, what are you going to do? <laughs> I, I know. Okay. But, uh, it's interesting cause you'd think it'd be the other way around just from how this overall album sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess looking at like the two producers yeah. from the last time around, like which one would stick around? Who's Turns out, be? yeah, it was Jerry Finn. Yeah. Um, not much about the creation of this album. Uh, out there it is overwhelmingly just depressing to try and look at interviews with mm-hmm. afi because it's all like three minutes on youtube and it's either like some intro to some crappy mtv show uh or it's like some handheld camera in a back alley where they just ask them what the name means afi mm. over and over and over again Good it really God. sucks except there's one uh they're on fuse mm-hmm. and they're doing an interview and just to give you an idea of what AFI's fan base is like at this point, oh, no. uh, there is a lady in the background that I could not 
wrap my head around. Uh, I'll just I'll just cue it up here for you. Thanks for them to come on the show, and finally they are here. Give it up for AFI. Okay. Okay. I like it so far. See if one thing stands out. Okay, and wow. then we're going to jump ahead a little bit in this Fuse interview. Uh, there's a polite little Q&A going on here. Spectacular downtown Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty uh, spectacular. Yeah, the architecture was really beautiful in the, in, in the building. It was amazing that they allowed us to do it. It's our great. It's such a great video. We have this thing called F the Countdown Fridays where the, mm-hmm. you know, the Fuse audience about the Miss Murder videos video. for the countdown. Mm-hmm. And uh, that always lands on our number one spot. Uh, thank, so. you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Jesus! Like someone's moving a piano over her toes or something. It reminds me of Toy Story Three, like the monkey with the symbols. It's the same tone. Over. It really is just like this uh, consistent button that she keeps hitting. So that's the fan base that AFI is dealing with in a post Miss Murder world. But we'll get to all that oh, in a bit. Sweet lord. Uh, so the big thing outside of Jerry Finn. Uh, producing this album is it also signals the jump from DreamWorks because yes. DreamWorks as a record label kind of crashed and burned mm-hmm. in between Sing the Sorrow um, and December Underground and now they're signed up with Interscope. Interscope. Yeah. What are some other big acts on Interscope? Put it in perspective. Man, I don't know. Let's go for it. <laughs> let's keep moving. Keep I it am rolling. not sure. All right. Uh, but other like tidbits looking up uh, interviews with the band around this time, there's a very telling moment where Dave was in like a decent interview and the guy asked about like, hey, so what's what's the idea with this album? Like, what are you guys going for? And mm-hmm. Davey's just like, he's normally a very articulate guy. And he's like, you know, it's just it's just a larger sound. Just it's bigger. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah, it's going for a high pitched shrill scream. Uh no, and then the interviewer is just like, Oh, what what does that mean? Is it like is it different like bigger songwriting or what exactly is different this time around? He's like, Ah yeah. It's just uh kind of a different sound like it, it really bothered me that he wasn't able to articulate well how far out ahead of the album's release was that question i think this was after the album's release oh really it must have been or i guess it would have been before yeah it's a weird ass question otherwise isn't yeah it? you're what right you... uh but it couldn't have been too long before because they must have been touring if they're like exposed to like this level of interview mm-hmm. um but do you think an album should be able to have a book bu- like a band should have a bullet point list of like this album we're going for this mm. i have a hard time I bet it's hard to articulate, honestly, like what's different. Unless it's like, well, this is a concept album about being a pirate. Right. You know? Right. Right. Then in which case you're like, oh, okay, that's what that's all about. But if it's just like, yeah, we wrote some new songs and uh, we really can't wait for fans to get uh, a hold of them, you know? It's a a bigger, it's a bigger sound. It's a bigger. Don't. I've just written bigger down on my notebook. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, uh, just to put a timestamp on this thing. 666. 666. 666. Uh, April 11th, 2006 is when they debuted Miss Murder mm-hmm. as a single with the video and whatnot. So that was like our first big exposure to this album. Thoughts? And, well, we'll get to that in a bit. I think okay, it was, I think overall about. it was a lot like Sing the Sorrow, where there's a lot of fans like, what do we got here? What, mm-hmm. what is this? Can I get excited about this? Where are we at? Um, and the Miss Murder phenomenon was an odd one to kind of digest as an afi fan so you want to dive right into this thing let's dive right into it okay 
Prelude twelve twenty one. We're already in December. Stomp, stomp, clap. Stomp, stomp, clap. <laughs> Let's listen to the beginning of Prelude to refresh your memory and how this album opens. I think I, I remember. Nope. This is what I brought you, this you can keep This is what I brought you, may forget me I promise to depart, just promise one thing Kiss my eyes and lay me to sleep Alright, Cork. <laughs> I was wrong, it was stomp, clap, stomp, stomp, clap You get to that point, Yes. you're listening to this album for the first time Give me your thought I wish that there was a giant bell that someone could ring to, like, drown out everything else I was hearing. Because you were so into it? No. Totally not into it. Really? What turned you off? Um, the part where he was singing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's still, you're still in the camp of Davey Havoc singing is never a good idea? No, I like his singing usually, but, like, okay. I didn't like that line. Um, I didn't like the way it was presented. I do like the line, uh, this is what I thought, so think me naive. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's a good opening. The stomp clap thing was a little yuck, but then it actually starts. Right, it kicks and it in. Kind of l- turns. I think it turned around a little bit. Yeah, me. let's listen to it later on in Prelude. Let's do it. Prelude December twenty first. I'm going to call it. Mm-hmm. Palindrome. I think this sounds pretty cool. I think this sounds cool now. My eyes and lay me to sleep. And then it takes a turn for the spooky again, which mm-hmm. I like coming up here. Thunder clap. <laughs> Kiss my eyes and lay me to sleep. <laughs> it's almost like a theremin kicking in there towards the end. It's like yeah. a weird UFO abduction type of sound. Which I think is kind of funny. Also, really like. We'll talk about it later. But the Miss Murder, the extended cut of the music video. Yeah. Uh, you get to see Davy try and dance along to this part, and it's very tough to dance when you're sitting in a desk while there's a <laughs> theremin and some hip hop beats playing in the background. But I I listen to this song again. It's so bizarre, and I always just think about like people in your shoes now and us back in 2006. If you just listen to this song mm-hmm. and then stop there and sat me down and said. What is this album going to be like? Yeah. You just have no idea what you're in for. Mm-mm. It is all over the place. Well, even like that for albums and albums and albums. They always have this intro song. Right. That is just like a standalone thing that really doesn't even fit with the rest of the what you're about to hear, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. They're really big fans of it. We should make a compilation of all the different intros and listen to them back to back. Oh, that'd be fun. Try and uh, mix them fun. all together. Let's do it. I don't know where we can get a clean hip hop beat to add to the mix. I can drop some beats for you, my friend. <laughs> it really, the beat when it kicks in, it just sounds like in the club or something from 50 Cent. I'm sorry, in the club from 50 in Cent. In the club. Right. <laughs> um, it just, it, it, it's so striking. And then something else happens in this song, and it is a recurring theme throughout this entire album for me. I'm just going to see, I'm not sure how familiar you are with this band or this album that I'm thinking of in particular, but does the, do the background vocals here remind you of anything? anything there no okay well permit me to jump to what i'm thinking of please do 
What? It is almost identical. <laughs> so that's hilarious. This is my big thing with December Underground. This is my whole thesis. Yeah. It is the most clearly post-American Idiot album I've ever heard. So American Idiot came out 2005, I'm pretty sure. So it's right in between these. Uh, AFI has some connection to Green Day. They're friendly buddy buddies with them. But then also like the producer, last time around, Singasaro also worked with Green Day. Butch Vig did. Um, and I don't know if you remember 2005, but American Idiot took over the country. Yeah, it was uh, actually um, my wife and I were married that year. And that's what we uh, walked down the aisle to. We had no choice. The officiant said, you have to listen to American Idiot. Because it was just like bleeding in from like six separate directions, just from like radio towers. Well, there were planes that were screaming across the sky <laughs> with huge speakers. It was like the Doof Warrior in Fury Road. You're just pulling <laughs> these arrays of speakers. You couldn't escape it. Oh, God. And that's why that's why Kerry won the election Yeah, uh, exactly. in 2004, uh, strangely enough. Never mind. But the point is, uh, I think AFI very clearly and Interscope and jerry this is all my speculation but it's a theory i'm sticking to okay i, I think like they it. saw the wild success of american idiot and they said we can do that with afi and i'm not saying afi clearly ripped them off i just think they're very heavily inspired by american idiot to the point that there are multiple things on this album where you could really draw that analogy really i I'm, think so i'm excited to hear more of your theory but uh but, but. this uh prelude song that's really uncanny though it is strange it is strange there's more strange stuff coming up but Mm -hmm. uh with prelude it was really striking to me where i listened to it in my like my analytical listen through where i'm like taking notes on the lyrics and like reading that along alongside and then i'll just listen to the album just for enjoyment and like cranking this in my car mm -hmm. uh driving down the mean streets of minneapolis Ugh. really got into it, it reminded your... me that I, I really like prelude actually yeah that was your bike wasn't it yeah when i say car i mean dilapidated bicycle okay yeah it's uh just one of the wheels is bent so it's doing a wild wacky action bike <laughs> type thing all right, so we're moving into Kill Caustic. Kill Caustic, which I believe is some some Unreal 3 reference, isn't it? I think so. The announcer yeah. says that. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's just listen to the beginning of Kill Caustic because I think it's the most interesting or most debatable part. Here we go. First okay. real song on the album. Okay. All right, let's stop right there. Jesus Christ. Hot <laughs> Mike. Sorry. Uh, what do you think of Kill Caustic? Oh, <laughs> we're just going to talk about it now? Yeah. Um, do you want my actual notes? I really do, yeah. I wrote, Blah, this is a song. This totally just reminds, like, this seems like, you know what? We've got this this video of, like, snowboarders doing some pretty sick tricks. Uh -huh. And we need someone to compose some music to accompany it. Here we go. We need... <laughs> random skateboard band to come in and just throw down some some sweet stuff okay i could see that uh i stopped it right in the beginning there just because the actual overall song by the end i don't mind i like the chorus a lot yeah yeah okay there we go yeah i think it's a very catchy chorus sure but at the same time it is as generic as generic can be it's pretty generic i would argue the worst opening 10 seconds of any afi song yeah. with that i'm feeling much worse now you're better you're better yeah. Like, and for the first real thing to hear on this album for like kicking off, you know, the next generation of AFI, mm -hmm. it really, really had me worried. Uh, but let's just listen to it a little bit later on. Here's like the breakdown for Kill Caustic. Oh, hello. <laughs> Don't speak my name. 
sirens blaring. <laughs> Like again, the chorus very catchy. Yeah, I think I, like I think it. I think it's a fine chorus. It okay that there now we're talking. So the song, I mean, there's a lot of lyrics about his screams and loving these screams like I do. And I think a lot of fans are paid a lot of attention to Davy's screaming voice and how mm-hmm. it changes throughout the years. And this song, it's maybe a little bit too simplistic to be like, oh, he's writing a song about his screams. The song is about Davy's screaming voice. I think that's. Overly simplistic. I think he's going for more an abstract concept of screams. Yeah. But with this album in particular, Sing the Sorrow was starting to venture down this road, this lonely road. Uh, and then with December Underground, he's trying to make such a clear division between his singing voice and then his pure screaming voice where it's either like melodic or it's, yeah. it's really – he's trying to turn into this binary thing. Um, and I don't think it works well overall. What do you think? <laughs> I I think you've done a good job of summarizing that. Like it seems like he's split into a whole bunch of discrete voices too. Yeah. I think where like as I'm listening to him, like I I've written a note down and it's in which one of the songs in particular does that where Well, I won't say what song it is, but I've got it right here. It's like sure. hey, he uses all of his voices here. Because you can tell he's got like his like kind of cloying, sickly sweet Right. Like singing voice and he's got like his actual like singing from the diaphragm, like a really like traditionally It's basically like pedals pleasant. on a guitar. He's just like switching through them with yeah. his song. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah, like. definitely. He's Before- figured out like, oh, this is my super weed- reedy, whiny, nasally voice that I'll use and this is my screamy one. And then Right. Especially when it's, you know, you know he's in the studio, so he's re- mm-hmm. laying down different vocal tracks and they're cutting between them rapidly. It does feel like he's got like this bored and he's just like stomping his his feet down on it sure here we go (laughs) i think uh there's about three songs on this album that are kind of what could be called like the hardcore handouts yeah of like hey here you go old time fans that's really a great phrase yeah like here's me screaming and i'm sure they don't see it that way i'm Mm -hmm. sure it's like oh this is just we still have our hardcore roots clearly they love you know hardcore fast music yeah. Uh, they've written so much of it. It's still within them somewhere, but just the way they're choosing to express it never quite hits. It's always like, who is this song for? I don't know. Th- this is my overall theme for a lot of this album is like, if I just heard this song, mm-hmm. I can't imagine getting into AFI off of it. I no. can't imagine it really sinking its teeth into me. This totally, like this song, I think is a great example. A lot of their music, when it doesn't hit for me, it reminds me of a song from just a middling Tony Hawk game. Just right. like background music that you're like, oh, thank God that one's over. You know, <laughs> just kind of or like, oh, this one's still going. This one's still going. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Um, also, it's probably a good point, a uh, good time to point out uh, talking about Davies singing about his screams and just mm-hmm. a screamy song. There's also a big moment in AFI's history, uh, which is Davy had throat surgery. Okay. And trying to track this down, like, there's a lot of sources that say that it happened in 2004, so between the last album and then this album, which might explain why he is screaming a little bit differently. What he was doing in the lab. What? <laughs> late one night. That's right. Uh, but then I looked at like interviews as well, and they also say that he got the vocal surgery during Sing the Sorrow, and then Jade says that even in during Black Sails, he wrote in a higher key, but found that it was unnecessary to write in that key. Uh, to save mm. Davy's throat. So it just seems a little bit all over the place as far as when this surgery took place. Probably around 2004. 
is is the best idea. Well, didn't sing the sorrow like if I remember correctly was recorded over the course of six months in the studio or something. Right, so. right. He just completely destroyed his <laughs> voice off of that. Um, or he but, may have had time to have surgery and fully recover. That's true. That recording. Yeah, process. yeah. He uh, gave birth to triplets, mm-hmm. but uh, the throat surgery was really like severe. I guess after it, he couldn't speak for an entire week, um, and he still yeah claims that he didn't have to change his singing style. But I think you'll notice he never quite sings the same way again. It's always mm-hmm. that's always that weird thing when singers get to a point where they can't sound like they did back in the day. I'm I guess Bob thinking. Dylan's kind of a classic one. It's like, I ah, just sound like you used to and call it a day, man. Yeah, I've turned back the hands of time, geezer. <laughs> 50 years ago, sing like he used to. Come on, man. What are you uptight? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so that's Kill Caustic. Yeah. Next song. Oh, here, like, this is an example. I, it just hit me. Like, yeah. a singer that cannot sing the same way, and this is not an artist that I'm like, have any real formed thoughts about one way or the other is Billy Joel. So you can tell, like, you watch live performances of him now, which I am I can't stop doing. Right, naturally. And you can see, like, it's, you can tell it's just like he's winded and he's just, like, not doing – he's, like, like, hitting the same notes that he used to and everything and uh-huh. it's because he is clearly an older dude who just is not the same as when he recorded those songs at first. Why do people have to change, Quirk? I guess that's the overall theme of this AFI podcast. I don't know. Do you ever hear uh, recordings of yourself when you were young? Uh, no, actually, I don't. You should you should have some of those lying around. Your parents don't have any weird VHS tapes lying around. Um, I think they're at my house now. I just don't have a VCR. Oh, plug them in. I want to see them. Yeah, uh, let's do it. The weirdest example you like is mullets. <laughs> I have a friend who was born in Denmark, and then she moved to the states, mm. and she has a recording of herself speaking Danish as a kid, and she doesn't know Danish now. That's got to be super weird. Yeah, it's a weird idea. Yeah. I like it. But we should move on to the next song. So enough Billy Joel. Enough Billy Joel talk. Next song is Miss Murder. This mm-hmm. is this is the biggie. This uh, is the big one. Was so this their biggest single? It is their biggest single of all time. It was number four on the Billboard Top 100, but it was uh, it was a huge one. So, what were the big ones that you couldn't get past? That's a good question. Let's look at that time. Okay, so just to give you a frame of reference, like 2006... Uh, big singles we got Riding by Chamillionaire. Chamillionaire. Char Millionaire. I think. Uh Donnie Dan- Donnie <laughs> California by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh Temperature by Sean Paul. Shake That by Eminem. Uh this is this oh You're Beautiful by James Blunt. Mm-hmm. There's a good timestamp. Chamillionaire. Let's talk more about that. What is it? Chamillionaire? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Young money, cash money? I don't know. I don't know anymore. All right. But that's to give you an idea of what AFI is going against. But Miss Murder, okay. you It was, it was 24, too. I misheard you as saying it was number four. Ah, no. I reached, so I'm no longer reached Number there. 24. Okay. Okay. So you said you had never heard an AFI song before we started this podcast. I never heard an AFI song that I knew to be an AFI song. So did you know yeah. Miss Murder? Immediately. I was like, oh, okay. It's this one. How, what do you think you know it from? I'm sure that I must have played it on a plastic guitar at some point in my yep. life. It was in Guitar Hero 3. Okay. It was on Guitar Hero DS. It mm-hmm. was in Rock Band Unplugged and Rock Band on iOS, which is underrated. I think it was on Rock fun. Band Unplugged. On PSP. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so do you remember enjoying this song back when you heard it, or were you pretty neutral towards it? Um, I think I was pretty neutral about it. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is fine.
kind of respect for a song that just dives immediately into its chorus. Yeah. It's kind of a, a cool, unique unique thing that Miss Murder does. I guess listening to the song again, my big takeaway was just why why this song? Like why, why this did it one? take off? Why did it take off, Cork? What's your theory? Boy. It's catchy. You think so? Yeah. Good chorus, the whole thing. Yeah. Starts right off, like you said. Right. Um, I think that like Green Day certainly softened the crowd for to like stuff like this, right? Exactly where I'm going, Cork. Thank oh, you for playing good. right into my trap. You just fell for the live bait. Here's what we got here. <laughs> my theory for why this song yeah. took off like it did is because a year before there was a song called Holiday that went into a little something like this. <laughs> Let's pay attention to this part as well. That's it. Just take how for the President Gasman. Okay, so that's Holiday from Green Day. Mm-hmm. It came out a year before, and that swingy rhythm, I'm convinced that it was an unconscious thing, and that people just hear that, and they're like, I liked Holiday, and therefore I have an automatic affection for but this But I mean, song. if you're going to say that that's like a Green Day thing, you could go back to... like dookie i that's totally like sure i'm totally with you but holiday was one of the biggest songs of the year i mean it was right on the tip of everybody's tongue and i think miss murder just reminded them unconsciously of holiday and then added a relatively hardcore breakdown to kind of give it a spicier edge Hmm. that's my theory for why miss murder of all songs really took off that's interesting and listening to it again i remember being really annoyed by it just because it was everywhere and like even now, you know, when we say we're doing this podcast, I feel be like, oh, AFI, yeah, Miss Murder, I know that. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, boy. That's the, here's the, a really interesting thing, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, you say that it's everywhere. Yeah. Music is the easiest thing to avoid listening to, actually. Right. You played that holiday song. I could not have picked that out of a lineup. Really? Yeah. Oh, because I, American Idiot was a pretty big deal in high school in particular, I guess. It really. Yeah, again, I didn't go to your high school. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's why you were a janitor s- hiding around the corner. Didn't you notice you never saw me there? Oh, you think it, makes back. Sense. it makes sense now. Yeah. Exactly. That's true, I guess, for like modern songs. It's like every time someone's like, you've never heard the song. Yeah. It, it's everywhere. It's like, I, I don't listen to the radio. I mm-hmm. don't go to malls. Like, I don't yeah. know where, if it's not in like a Hulu commercial, I'm not going to hear it. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of like everyone has their cutoff point where. You just stop absorbing music that you don't want to listen to. I suppose so. Not to say that you didn't want to listen to that or didn't not want to. Bully. It's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, but let's listen to the breakdown for Miss Murder. Because listening to the whole song again, yeah. it's like I. Uh, it's a little bit catchy. It's a little bit too poppy for my likes. Mm-hmm. I was kind of annoyed by how popular it was. Uh, but I still really like the breakdown here. I like it just because it sounds a little bit scary. It kind of reminds me of some older AFI. kind of like his screaming voice there as much yeah. as i was just kind of rallying against it. i think yeah. in this song it probably works the best for his hardcore here's song. what i think i yeah. think you should get a melon baller and scoop this out 
mm-hmm. of the song and create a wholly new song around that because I like that part. Yeah. But it does not belong in this song. What you've got here is a super – I mean, obviously, it got them all the way to number 24 on the Hot 100, which is more than I can say. Sure. So, obviously, it worked. But I think that Miss Murder without that works, I think, is a better pop song, which, let's face it, is what this is. But I think it is that hardcore edge which separates them that makes, like, the slightly more hardcore kids around the fringe be like, this is my band. Like, they're able to connect with that because of that angle. See, but I think that as a whole, that song suffers because of it. And I think okay. that if you have two discrete songs, I think each one of them would be better for it. Okay. You know what the weirdest thing is about this song? Let's talk about it. The what line it? where he says, can I make beauty stay if I take my life? <laughs> it never gets out of my head because it's like, because they're saying AFI. And yeah. they, even if, even if when they wrote, Stay if I mm-hmm. as the most repeated part of their most popular song. Yeah. They probably thought about it, but when they've had to sing it 30,000 times on stage, somebody must have brought that up to AFI, right? Like, yeah. you know, in that uh, song, you say stay if I. Yeah. Also, I think this entire album is very self reflective. Like, there's a line later about putting out the fire inside me. Like, mm. it's not outside the realm of possibility. Yeah. Uh, so that's Miss Murder. What's the song about, by the way? I think it's about, well, reading the lyrics, um, I was thinking like, oh, maybe it's an interesting thing because it's somebody saying that maybe they should kill themselves, but then the other, and it's kind of in first person and the rest kind of strikes me as a third person. So if there's like some funky time distortion going on in the world of Miss Murder, it could be a more interesting song. But then watching the video kind of cemented in that, no, I think it's just about uh, a very vain man or somebody basically letting a lot of things go to your head mm. uh, and then being taken down by uh, suicide, uh, I guess. I guess ultimately is what it is. Did you watch the music video for this? I did not watch the music video. For All right. This. We're going to, we're going to stop here. We're going to make you watch the music video. Okay. All right. Time jump. We are now in a post Jeff Cork having seen the Miss Murderer video world. There you go. What do you think, man? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> they make it really hard to like them. Don't they? <laughs> Sometimes they do. Yeah. Imagine being like, oh, this is the hardcore band. I'm super into these guys. And then seeing that video plastered all over MTV and it's like, ah, I I guess I, I still like them. Yeah. But boy. Do you like them as much as they like Nazi imagery? You know, we really thought that the Midnight Sun Sun episode and song title was the greatest Twilight Zone crossover. Yes. Between their last podcast and this one. Now we realize it is... Hitler is crossing over into into, (laughs) into the AFI podcast. What's even more bizarre about the whole second half of the video where Davey walks out and Mm -hmm. just gives a zig hail in front of the crowd is that the song that this song, song's baseline sounds so much like Holiday. Yeah. Played earlier, there's that whole breakdown where he says zig hail in that song. Mm hmm. It's bizarre to me that it sounds alike, and then thematically that's connected from that whole President Gas Man part in Holiday yeah. is in the AFI music video with Davey throwing his fist out in his wearing all black in front of that giant crowd and all and the then columns they and all unfurl that. the banners that are uh, the banners are photographs of the member of for such of like AFI a humble band that seems to have a good sense of humor. I just want to like sit him down in a room yeah. and show him that clip and be like, remember when you unfurled giant <laughs> banners of your effing faces in front of a crowd? Like, is this cool? Do you guys think this is cool? Remember all of your music videos were all kind of kind of crappy? 
I, at best. That said, I think Miss Murder is really well shot. I think it looks really nice. Yeah. It's Mark Webb coming in again, Mr. Amazing Spider-Man for having days of summer mm. himself. Really buddy buddies with AFI as far as the music videos go. Yeah. Um, at least it's an interesting looking music video. Color and sound are present. Uh, as you pointed out, Guy Normal is barely present. <laughs> the <drummer. Adam> person. <laughs> I feel so bad for that guy. Because he, he dressed up in the same little suit that the rest of them are in. And then he is like, when they show long shots of them playing, they're in this big like hotel lobby uh-huh. kind of area. And everyone else is doing their best air band <laughs> thing. And then he's just nowhere to be seen. Well, to be fair, when you make guitar playing look as cool as Jade does in this music video, like you got to focus that camera on him. He's, oh, yeah. he's your money shot. He's He's what the people want. They want... A giant banner. Right. And not that it's the same, but like I've played a lot of plastic guitars to that song and mm-hmm. never really remember having that good of a time. But watching Jay in this video, he yeah. has some really cool moves that make it seem like a really, really good time to play that song. Yep. How, what do you think that script looked like for the direction of like, and then you walk out on a balcony and Zig Hale, <laughs> as Ben Hansen says. How do you pronounce it? It's Sieg Heil, isn't it? Sieg, Sieg Heil? Sieg Heil. I don't know. I don't know, whatever. I'm not some kind of Germaniac. <laughs> Charmeleon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but imagine, like, think of the script. They're like, all right, Davey, go out there. Uh-huh. You know, do the Nazi thing. Do what but you, you got to do. It's going to be classy because your fist is going to be tightly wound into a ball. Don't, don't ever yeah. extend that hand. We're, we're gonna, not crazy. We're going to show how crazy power can make someone right this is not an endorsement of it right right even though i mean and you know that because then the bunny watches you get touched by a lady at the end and dying then when you look at the bunny and then you look back and there are more you need to rub your eyes and (laughs) open your mouth as far as it will go okay because there was one and now there are a lot there's also one shot in this music video that really really cracks me up where it's it's during like the theremin part of 1221 mm-hmm. uh and it's just davy trying to look cool on the desk and he's doing like this kind of saucy look mm-hmm. it is indescribably silly to me it really makes me laugh God, that's got to be the hardest job in the world What's one of that? them is to like i just want to make music and i understand that cultivating a look is is, is like world war ii is very important to <laughs> sir david havoc but just to have to be on like that. And, it's, and you, have, you have to have like this most cynical camera crew is just like, mm-hmm. we done here. But Davey's really, really into that. I, I He's really into fashion mm-hmm. and design and the way he looks. And that's knowing that he's so much into that. Every time he trying and looks cool, I just see him trying to look cool. Yeah. I don't see him as like, oh, this is the signature Davey Havoc. I, I assume other people can look at that. Like if mm-hmm. this is like your first... If I experience it's like, oh, that is a powerful front man full of presence, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just see him looking at a mirror of himself doing little head movements on that desk during the Miss Murder video. But I don't want to be too negative. No. <laughs> Still love AFI. Yeah. It's just a lot of the stuff makes me laugh, especially on this album. That video is really hilarious. It's it's a rough one. Yeah. Uh, but a popular one. All right. Moving on to... <laughs> can tell all right moving on to the next song which is summer shutter which people might know from man 2007 i feel like we're really getting (laughs) getting to the point where every song from afi it's like oh this this is in this game this is in this game they really rounded out the video games well i've returned so many kickoffs to this tune (laughs) blood pumping all right let's listen to the beginning of summer shutter here 
love the first 25 seconds of this song. Mm-hmm. But hang on, listen to the chorus here. Okay. Ah. Yes. They say burn and they do that background scream. I'm going to play it one more time because it's very important to me. All right. <laughs> here is that part. Okay. Now, let's yes. go through uh-huh. uh, the history books here because I heard it on this listen through and I was like, God, that sounds so much. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Uh, I was listening to it and I was like, man, it sounds so familiar. Where have I heard this? I know I've heard that before somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was driving me nuts because it's such a little fragment that bang, uh, eventually found it uh, right here. So that is an art of drowning sacrifice theory going back a couple albums. Hmm. It's another one of those things where it's like, are they aware of that connection? You'd think that they would be if the background vocalists are doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, it could be a fun fan nod, I guess, but I really appreciated it. Um, okay, so what did you think of Summer Shutter? It kind of grew on me. Okay. I, I My initial kind of reaction, as you can imagine, not super great. Kind of like, yeah, this is... Eh, whatever. Sure. I'm really articulate right now. You're really doing it. I think like really the drum beat it. gives it like a nice kind of driving rhythm and it really, I, I'm with you, it really grows and you're like, by the end of it, it's like, yeah, that was kind of fun. Yeah. It's one of the stronger ones on the album. Plus you I get think. phone dialing near the uh, end. Oh my gosh. Fans <laughs> of phone dialing. Let's this listen. is really a good album for that. Let's listen Talking in Talking on the telephone. <laughs> <laughs> we got some interference in the studio. We're picking up something. Someone ordering a pizza. <laughs> the the breakdown there, it always just kind of sounds like cliche alt band. Yeah, I think it's a weaker breakdown, and I actually like the core song decently. Uh, but the actual numbers that they're dialing, <gasps> tell me if this sounds familiar. Okay, uh, one eight hundred five eight eight. Two three hundred. No, five four eight 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 eight. Is it the GB Layton? It is. It's eight, and then a bunch of fours, then a bunch of sevens, and a bunch of fours, and a bunch of sevens. Uh, so it's not even a phone number. It's just a bunch of mm. random things. But well, it was just a phone was in somebody's back pocket. Really, though, who records a song and says, "You know what? This is missing." <laughs> it's just a random dialing of digits in there. It sounds it's, terrible. It's bizarre to me. Um, and then later on in the song, it also uh, kind of keeps the theme of the album going to some extent with starting to flirt with some electronica stuff. So there's just kind of like some general weirdness mm-hmm. here that they kick in right during this part. Guitar distortions and then guitar distortions and the whole uh, beat in there, but so you're giving it a you're giving it a not too shabby. Beep 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 beep. <laughs> right. Sounded yeah. like an eight that you dialed in, so I think it was, it was a, a good sign. Okay, okay, gotcha. Uh, next song is the interview. Mm-hmm. 
It's kind of like the first big emotional ballad mm-hmm. on December Underground. Probably really the only big emotional ballad they really went for. Yeah. Um, what do you think of this one? I think that song starts really strong. Uh-huh. And you can probably expand it to most of the songs on the album. Yeah. Even the clunkers, I sure. think, have really strong openings before they begin sucking. It's usually around when the chorus kicks in for me. I know we've pointed out the Kilcostics chorus. Like, ah, it's not too bad. It's kind of catchy, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I think... I'm with you. I think a lot of the songs start out great, and then I get to the chorus, and that's when I really trail off. Yeah. Uh, here's here's the relatively forgettable chorus for the interview. Here's my lullaby. Also, the weird thing about this song, it opens with, uh, what David calls servant and master, will you play it too? Hmm. So he's either going for a biblical reference or he's referred to himself like before as David in some song, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, so not Davey, it's just David. Also, yeah. the sound here. Yes. It just reminds me of like, Goldeneye music or something in N64. <laughs> it's pretty good. So this song, it doesn't really land as the big emotional ballad I think they wanted it to. I know there's a lot of fans that really love this song. I am not one of them. I think it doesn't do anything particularly fancy, but I think it's like a solid song overall. Okay. Yeah. Okay, this is where the song falls apart for me. Okay. I appreciate the change of pace, but this always just struck me as the dumbest moment on the album. Really? I really this hate... Is, you think that is the dumbest moment on the album, for real? Outside of, I'm feeling much worse now, you're better, you're better. Yeah. I think this is the moment. This is like the first real gut punch that I felt when listening to it as a supposedly hardcore AFI fan that yeah. couldn't wrap my mind around the new direction. was like, what is this dopey crap? It's a duet where they're singing about... Being cold as ice mm-hmm. in December underground, like referencing the name of the album in there again. And actually, I found I was really into making YTMDs, like that uh, yeah. website where it's just like music looped under images. And I went back and I found one where I was making fun of this album. And I was very douchey. Like I took the cover of the album, which is like the rabbits going in the circle, and mm-hmm. I put a bunch of money in their hands. Oh. And then I took uh, their song from, I think it's very proud of you, which is actually the end of every podcast where they're like, I quit. Mm-hmm. And then it segued from them saying I quit into just this part where they're like, December underground. <laughs> uh, yeah, it really, really loses me by the end. I'm sorry. And also I made that YTMD apparently on uh, May 23rd. So it was before the album even officially came out. It must have, I must have gotten another release somewhere on the internet and already cast my verdict that early on. Wow, so. and you found clip art of a money bag? I really did the full the full munchie there. Um, so the interview, did, that ending didn't strike you as that offensive? No. Okay. It was, it was silly, but I mean, at this point on this album, you, you got to be able to put up with some silliness. 
because it's like overwrought. You got to laugh is what you're trying to say. Kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. Next if, song. If you're not into any kind of theatrics whatsoever, this is, you've blown it big time. Right. You're listening to the wrong podcast. Yeah. All right. Next song is Love Like Winter, which is mm-hmm. their second big single off of this album. Yep. And this was really, this is the one-two punch then, where the last song ends on that duet that I thought was so dopey. Yeah. And then the opening of this song always just felt like way too much. What is this? What is this anymore? Here it's December Every day And now I thought it was interesting. Oh, you I did? I didn't think it was like the greatest success in all of music or anything like that. Sure. But I like those sounds and I think it was like interesting to hear like the heels kind of syncopated with the beat, which the, kind of the kind horn of sounding beat the opening. In, yeah. in retrospect now, I don't mind it that much and I don't mind this song that much, but I yeah. remember at the time just absolutely hating that. Oh, I can intro. imagine. Yeah. But. Now, in retrospect, it's like, oh, warn your warmth to turn away. It's like, it's kind of a cool line. Yeah. I don't really mind it too much. Also, like in this song, it kind of has a gender bending lyrics. Uh, it's like a love song, but it's all about, you know, he bit my lip and drank my war from years before. He wanted love. So it's kind of Davey flirting with, I don't know, putting himself in another person's shoes mm-hmm. or maybe just, you know, he's loose with his sexuality than he's ever really talked about, mm-hmm. I guess. But I like that idea of just a guy singing a love story about another guy, even if he's not gay. Mm-hmm. Um, this also, is totally like once the song actually starts, it is a quintessential mid aught beer commercial tune. Oh, interesting! Like once it starts, it is totally just butt rock of that era. Yeah, I could see that. Actually, uh, one of the reviews from Rolling Stone actually they said that this CD, the music on this CD, would fit right at home on a Spider-Man soundtrack. Which is that withering? criticism or high praise i don't know but it's interesting that mark webb then went on to direct spider-man after directing somebody he he probably saw that was like oh spider-man eh what are these comics so go to the chorus of this or play some more of it okay here we go don't just leave me hanging here's some more There's your beautiful chorus. Keystone. Keystone. I'm actually going to look this up. It's going to drive me nuts trying to figure out these lyrics then. Because there is like, oh, she bit my lip. Do they, mm-hmm. do they There's flip a lot it of back and forth? Lip baiting. Well, yeah. I mean, it's fun. Uh, he wanted love. I taste of blood. He bit my lip. She wanted love. Okay. So they do flip back and forth. Ah. Uh, so it's him kind of putting himself in different people's shoes there. So discount everything that I said previously. Um, this song stands out to me for having AFI's worst breakdown, I think, of all time. Uh, so here's here's the breakdown for Love Like Winter. Technically a breakdown with the classic AFI build up again, but for the breakdown, you just repeat the name of the song three times and then get back <laughs> into it. It's like, come on, guys. Get something cool in there. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. 
So, since you didn't see Miss Murder's music video, I'm assuming you didn't see the Love Like Winter music video. Of course not. Okay, well, let's jump ahead. All right. Love Like Winter, Jeff Cork. What do you think? The Art of Drowning. <laughs> it really brought some art to drowning, didn't it? Yeah. I thought I thought that Davy's stunt work by the end there where he falls to the ice once uh, Miss Murder 2.0 mm-hmm. looks at him. Exactly. Uh, I, I thought he, it was impressive. And he punches it. Yeah, he even to hold he, his breath and sing. It, he kind of sings. He's not exactly matched up with the words. I wonder if they tried to do it and it just didn't work out. Well, the action is a lot slower. Yeah, too. that's true. But uh, I think it looks pretty good. Like convincingly, mm-hmm. like it's uh, cold water. Mark Webb again directed this one. God, Mark, give him some space. <laughs> Seriously, just relax, Mark. They, they like you. They like you. Um, They're really into drowning. Remember when, when the AFI team was trying to save <laughs> Mr. Havoc from jumping off that bridge who may or may not have been a ghost making a phone call in that other video. What was that for? Uh, silver and cold. Yeah, and he was going yeah, well, to drown himself. Also, when the they're being held in the tub uh, for the Total Immortal video. Yeah. Yeah, drowning is a big recurring theme for them. Mm. Uh, it's up there with suicide That's on this album, which is just all over the place. the success of AFI, they're drowning. In <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> This album or this video also submitted the video like, oh, these guys are just dorks. Like they're just like dressed up like the super pretty Donner party wandering through the woods, like, ooh, looking cool through the snowflakes and whatnot. Oh, that must be the most fun. What? Doing that. I totally reverse course. Because I mean <laughs> that last video was the one before yeah. the Miss Murder video. Right. It I don't know. Like anytime you have like you play fast and loose with Nazi imagery, I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh huh. Go back to art school, that kind of thing. Uh huh. But this seemed like more like dudes dicking around in the woods. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the right, video's whatever. just filled with straight just up dicking. <laughs> dudes dicking around in the woods. Yeah. You laughed at you laughed at Adam because you thought that he looked like <laughs> Ramsey Snow. Yeah. <laughs> he looked just like him. It was kind of funny. That's true. Like the first shot wandering through the woods, and then it's like, so the idea is this. Death Lady, which really the parallels between this and the Miss Murder video are pretty stunning. Where it's like, oh, lady, when can I come find you? Oh, no, mm-hmm. she's found me. Yep. It's like, you only get two shots in my face and then the meter's <laughs> up. Exactly. Um, it's basically just like some good old Mississippi Queen stuff from the 70s. Just getting back to, oh, these devil women. These Look devil at them women, go. yeah. They're cursing your heart. Yeah, because he fell down in the snow, I think, Davey. He fell. tasted he snow. He fell down and then the, she helped him up. But there was a catch. She shot him a glance, and then he fell all the way through the ice. There we go. Boom. So that's that's Love Like Winter. Um, yep. Overall, not a bad song. Decent decent single for him. And it was a big trick because it was, it was his heels at the beginning of the video, right? No, no, it was her walking okay, in. Okay, I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> I couldn't get over the Ramsey Snow <laughs> What thing. a twist. Yeah, what all a right. twist. Uh, next <gasps> song mm. is uh, the hardcore handout number two. Mm-hmm. Affliction. One of my favorite clothing brands. There we go. Another case where I kind of like the song, uh, and then that chorus kicks in, where it's like, use me. Mm-hmm. I'm really, really not, especially the way he holds it by the end, where it's like, me, in that building. Yeah. Not crazy about that part. Also, oh, sorry, I should let you give your review of the song first. Well, keep going. There's not, I mean, no? I'm no. interested in what you were saying. You were kind of uh, on a roll. Also, it continues the theme of a lot of suicide references on this album. 
uh, if we eventually do the thing, which I totally think we should do, where we put in all of AFI's lyrics into the compilers, mm-hmm. see the most reused words, I'm sure Suicide is up there. Yeah. Um, also, if they wanted to go get away from that Nazi imagery that they mm-hmm. got through in the Miss Murder video, they probably shouldn't have included the line in Affliction that says, every night devise new heights in genocide. Yeah. Not, not the best. Stick with the lyrics like, spend some time walking the line, sweat the horrors, walking on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking on it. Hey, I'm walking on it. Yeah, what did you think of Affliction here? I have to say that I appreciated the handout at first because uh-huh. I was like, oh, God, thank, you know, it's about time. Right, right. But I kind of am with you where my initial enthusiasm, like once the song kind of got going, I was like, ah, this isn't particularly great. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I mean, it's fun, but then the song goes on forever. It's pretty long, yeah. And then it has that weird musical interlude where the song kind of drops out. It's kind of the instrumental afterwards which and then it has it's like two songs in one right and it's 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 like the you hear this voice and it sounds like the person that they butt dialed a few songs ago (laughs) picked up it just had like some random like that person just got woken up and they just kind of rant about nothing for a few seconds i i actually really like that i really think that if the second half of affliction was kind of cut off as its own song it'd be one of my favorites on the album i think it's a pretty instrumental uh kind of some cool electronic Mm -hmm. tones in there and then I am consistently struck by the voice in there where she just says something like, uh, like, I'm going to help you and then I'm going to go away or whatever. Mm-hmm. Something like that line. She's creepy and weird. She really packs so much emotion into that one line. And again, like the butt dialing, yeah. just makes me think, how do they record that? How do you get that sincere of a read? How do you land on that thing for that one person to say? Mm-hmm. Is it a recording they found? Is it in the Beetlejuice credits and they just plugged it in and <laughs> they missed that part? I think it's a really powerful little ditty at the end of Affliction. Yeah. But I kind of want to go back to Affliction in general. And it's, it's interesting because that instrumental part, yeah, like stylistically, could not be more different from Affliction, right? Proper. Well, you're so but wound it's the up. Same like chord progression and musically, it's almost exactly the same. Sure. You've... Well, they got to wind you down after if you're rocking you so hard. Oh my god, uh, I appreciated it. Here's the breakdown in Affliction, which I think is really strong. Sorry, we have some interference with the boards. <laughs> Before we get to the rest of that, that part, the guitar, where it's like, yeah. dun, 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 this is them taking inspiration from a strange place. It's not AFI, or it's not a Green Day this time. No. But it is from a little game called Age of Empires 1, specifically the Rise of Rome expansion. Listen to this part. I mean, what other evidence do you need, Cork? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Was that a stretch? That's like terrifying. How so? That music. <laughs> Just scary on its own? Yeah. But imagine you're looking at like cool Roman elephants and crap. It, it worked. That in music there. doesn't match whatever Age of Empires is. I guarantee <laughs> that. All right, let's go back to the breakdown of Affliction. All right. I really like this part. And mm-hmm. also, uh, it really builds up to like uh, female backup singers towards the end there, which I think is relatively rare for AFI. And yeah. hearing 
girls in an AFI song sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in that background capacity. I think it makes it very... Oh, instead of just the, sh- <laughs> the screams in the background of uh, Fuse TV. All right. So that's Affliction, everybody. Yes. Moving on. Yep. The Missing Frame. Let's refresh our memory. Singing right there mm-hmm. is another one of my uh, Green Day references. It yeah. really it sounds a lot like Green Day. Just the vocals throughout this entire song when he's not uh, in a more of a screaming pitch, I guess. Yeah. But I can really, really hear it there as well. But oh, for sure. This is Missing Frame. What do you think about this one, Cork? This is, if not my favorite, one of my favorites. Really? Um, I really like this. I think it is a really good pop song. Very poppy. Probably the poppiest chorus on the yeah. album. And I think like the chorus is great. I think uh, it does something that I appreciate whenever they do have a song that is a bummer, mm-hmm. which AFI is wont to do from time to time. More suicide here. But this yeah. one is not like super overtly sad sacky. I mean, it's still very um, self-indulgent. Right, right. That kind of stuff. But it isn't like too over the top. But I mean, like lyric, like the delivery of the lyrics, I mean, like... The singing is straight up. If if you are not in the mood for some theatrical bullshit, uh-huh. this is <laughs> once again this is not an album for you. Yeah, but, yeah, um, definitely. But let's yeah, listen. To I really this, like uh, this song. Let's listen to this poppy chorus here. Yeah, I think it also harkens back to something that uh, Sing the Sorrow did really well, which had that layered tendency where it'd be repetitive throughout mm-hmm. the verses, and then every time I'm going to add a new layer. Yeah. And so they do that here in this part. I don't think did quite as well of an effect as Sing the Sorrow did, but here we go. to have that one at a time kind of mm-hmm. refrain coming through i think it's pretty interesting also during the breakdown later on in the song it's the most u2 sounding guitar coming in here oh yeah yeah it's very u 2 banjo u 2 reference to the f- put out the flood farm behind him me. put out the farm inside him what mm-hmm. do you think of him using uh those lyrics put out the fire inside me after all this time with that name i think it's awesome oh you like it yeah. that like, self-referential i'm sure i've mentioned him like time and time again but i really like uh hold steady and uh, 
band that Craig Finn had before, Lifter Puller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And both bands would refer to the band name several times. Constantly. In the lyrics, so. Every song. They won't stop. So there I like go. that. I think it's fun. Interesting. All right. So Missing Frame, one of your favorites. One of my favorites. And I, I let's step back a second. Yeah. Um, I know that he gets short shrift in music videos, but I think Guy Normal is a fantastic drummer. And mm-hmm. he has really been pulling more than his weight throughout his entire AFI career. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, I think that... Um, like this album in particular has a really nicely engineered drum sound. Oh, interesting. And it comes out. Like, you think a lot of that is also just the more of the hip hop, eh, hip hop's a stretch, but electronic uh, music kind of bleeding in where it lends to that more uh, computery, uh, precise drumming. Like just the way that it's recorded? Like it sounds yeah, that way? I guess so. Yeah, I, I, I think just in general, though, he's always been an interesting drummer. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, he but, has like a little disco beat. I think what you're trying to song. say is, Adam Carson, please come on this show. I would love it. I would love to talk to him. It'd be so about good. The, I would love to talk to him about recording all those music videos. And if it's just like he gets final cut and he's like, cut me out of this. I don't want to be a part <laughs> of your ridiculous triumph of the will fantasies. This is embarrassing. <laughs> I can we pretend that my character drowns in the immediate moments after the video starts so I can... Just yeah, get away from I'm just going to put this jack-o'-lantern on my head. You guys leave me alone. <laughs> All right, next song is Kiss and Control. Here's how it goes. Watch the stars turn you to nothing. Now blush and smile as they whisper. That beginning mm-hmm. uh, that you got a taste of there, it's more of them continuing with kind of the techno inspirations but never quite fully embracing it yep it's just this weird flirtation where it's so compact uh with sing the sorrow with the one song which is the weird techno breakdown right and this album which just seems kind of diffused throughout the entire thing and this Kit- is the song that he uses all of his voices yeah he's referring to definitely here's a transition here i will show you how all the For me, I think this might be the catchiest song on the album. It is quite catchy. It really, really sticks in my craw, and I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind this song so at all. So this does not have the most embarrassing part of the album on it for you. This, the very oh, end of this. Boy, okay. Well, look. Let's. <laughs> if we're gonna cringe, come on, buddy. Let's. Let's get there. Let's give Kiss and Control a little monologue a sample here. Assuming that's what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. It's a good heavy guitar sound throughout the entire song. As you jump from the height of our cutting room floor, well above us, glowing, exploding, our dreams burst forth in light and death. Both hands will burn like stars. We'll burn as we fall. Watch as city lights. That little like glitch in there. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? That's another thing where it's like just all of that spoken word stuff, and then he's got like the little da da da. Yeah, I don't know why they would do that. I don't know what the impulse is. Like, let's really glitch this baby out. Also, I noticed lyrically with Davey, uh, it kind of comes through there, but if you just read the lyrics, there's a lot more quoting. It's a lot more of him projecting himself in other people's roles, mm-hmm. which I should have picked up on on that other song when I was going on about him kissing a guy. But uh it's a lot of yeah, a lot more narrative driven. Yeah, I suppose than any other writing in his past, um, but yeah, Kiss of Control, I like it. 
I don't care what you say, Quirk. It is not the most embarrassing part of the album, just having a little hiccup. All right. I think that whole breakdown is terrible. Oh, really? All that spoken word stuff. Yeah. Oh, I like it. All right. Interesting. Killing Light. Mm. Killing Lights, uh, I should yes. say. Uh, oh! Exactly. We're bringing the O count <laughs> up to number eight here, but let's yep. listen to the beginning of Kiss of Control. For the old fans out there, we got to get it back. Uh, I think Killing Light Mm -hmm. might have the weakest chorus. It also is just a super poppy one that I'm not into. Here we go. I just think it's kind of boring. Well, this is just them doing a Cure song. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it so, is. It is very, very much that. Um, so I think for them doing a like reverse engineering a Cure song, I think this is perfect. Okay, for what it is. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I can see it. Um, this song might have the high, biggest highs and lows for me because the breakdown in this song is. One of my favorite things on the album. Just with the cut? Yeah, here but it is. But then he does that silly voice right before it. I know. All right, well, let's get into it. Right, let's get into it. It's a weird dog panting. Yep. I think this is probably tied for my like one of my favorite songs on the album. Oh, really? Uh, really? Okay. Yeah, the poppiness really throws me off for the chorus, but I think that ending is so cool sounding mm-hmm. that I'm with it. And it's You're with it. I'm with it. Uh, the guitar solo that kind of was kicking in as we were fading down, it kind of mirrors a lot of the guitar work on this album where it's all kind of heavier sounding, never quite as defined and clean as distinct mm-hmm. and distinct as they've had in the past, especially seeing the sorrows like, hey, watch me play guitar, everybody. <laughs> exactly. uh, and this one, it doesn't stand out quite as much. They really dialed Jade back in. Uh, and Killing Lights, it's a story about uh, and a pretty and used and abused lady mm-hmm. uh, kind of getting strung along through life. So again, more of Davey projecting. Okay, here we go. Here Next we song. Go. Next song, 37 it's millimeters. It's not 35. It is absolutely not 35. Let's listen to a little bit of 37 millimeters. You're going to want to draw the blankets up tight around your chin for this intro. What do you think of 37 millimeter? I think that the opening part is like a supernatural TV show that I would have really liked. <laughs> Some kind of unsolved alien show. It's very spooky. Yeah. What else stands out? Um, a lot of poison sucking. Boy, yeah, they love sucking like poison. Getting poisoned by proxy. Like right. This person is helping you out, but they can only do it for so long. 
Yeah, oh, it's a theme they've been running with for a while, I guess. Yeah, it's basically the contamination of one AFI. bad person to another person. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. Um, but did you like this song? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's like another. Yeah, that's a pretty good song. Okay, it really stands out to me as this is them. I think fully embracing electronica. Really. I, I mean, yeah, it's just a pure electronic song. Uh, let's listen to the breakdown here by the end. kind of have that breakdown and then in the end it's like that weird full stop where then it just goes into him repeating we are no one over and over again yeah which could have been trimmed off it's weird and different i guess that's fine but not exactly my favorite part of the song but i like that yeah i just feel like this is where they finally just gave into the whole electronic beat going throughout the entire thing and it feels really different and stands out on this album quite a bit for me do they play this live I don't remember. I'm sure they have and they do, but it would kind of be a weird one. Yeah, did you see them play? I did, yeah. I went went and saw a show in this tour. This is the one where that random lady grabbed me and kissed me and made my life complete. Mm. Um, So it's a pretty good show. Uh, But I'm going to maybe blow your mind here, Cork. Let's do it. 37 millimeter, my favorite song on December Underground. Really? Yeah. This was one that I really kept listening to. Kept it on the old iPad going through. Huh. Uh, By that, I mean iPod, everybody. (laughs) The old iPad. I carry around a balance bag. it on your lap, and it only it. have one tune on it. It's thirty-seven millimeter. <laughs> see, it matched the thickness of the first time. But all right, but moving on to endlessly, she said. Cork, endlessly she said impressions. It, this reminds me of something that could have been on the last album. Oh, more than any other song, you think? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. What about it? Um, just the way that it sounded to my ears. Ah, to the ears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess I could see that. I, I don't think it's that strong of a closer or as strong as they really think it should be, especially mm-hmm. after coming up three albums with pretty strong, distinct closers. Um, and I also really don't care for the way his screaming sounds in this one. Oh my God, that scream at the end too. Here it is. Singing misery, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it's some hardcore passion wanting to get out. It just didn't really do it for me here, especially when then the main album ends uh, with him slowly saying the words endlessly mm-hmm. coming up here endlessly not the strongest way to close out your album Mm-mm. i would argue anything else that you think about endlessly comma she the said? lyric is, uh, correct me if i'm lying the radio told me to stay as it burned down is that uh the radio told me to stay as it burned down i sang alone you will so the radio burned life. down yeah. You've never had a radio burn down on you? <laughs> oh, man. We had so many radios burned down in the back of my oh, old neighborhood. Geez. And it's like all the firemen would gather around listening to their favorite tune as they'd slowly trickle water onto it. That's a good point. That is a weird line. 
But there's a lot of quoting. This is basically just a little short story that he turned into a song for this one in particular. All right, Cork. Mm-hmm. That does it for December Underground. Yeah. Overall impressions. Let's get into this thing. Let's start talking about December Underground. Let's, finally. Yeah. I was waiting for an opening. Not great. Okay. Um, especially after coming off of uh, Sing the Sorrow. Which you would love. I yeah. love. Um, I was hoping, hey, that this that would be a great foundation to continue kind of going that direction. Right. And, or even just staying in that same spot. I would have been happy. And this just didn't seem like it had the same kind of drive behind it. it just kind of meandered a little bit. And mm-hmm. ultimately, I don't think it is, it is very good. Reviewers, it was not as strong as Sing the Sorrow, but people really defended this album when it came out. And I feel like it was as much of a learning curve as mm-hmm. Sing the Sorrow was, where I think some of the hardcore fans from back in the day, they kind of came around and Sing the Sorrow and kind of accepted it yeah. for what it was. And then this came out and it was just this whole new level of like, God. Just a lot of trying to rationalize, like, is this good? I guess musically yeah. this kind of sounds interesting at parts, but I'm not really getting into I it. I think when you have to defend something, you're acknowledging that it's not very good. I, yeah. You know? So I know, I think- but I felt the same way about some of Sing the Sorrow, and I know you you love it so much, so it's not just like, oh, this is crap, mm-hmm. and Sing the Sorrow was genius. Um, I just think they're kind of in that same ballpark where I'm a little bit numb to the both of them. Yeah. Um, also, this album, I think, and maybe this is just, you know, the backstory kind of getting in the way of opinions, but apparently they wrote uh a hundred songs for this album not musically but wrote the lyrics oh jesus um and then boiled it down to this handful and i think that kind of leads to pretty vanilla songwriting like i'd rather have a real message and a real drive behind 20 Mm -hmm. songs you know that they make for an album yeah behind let's just take a shotgun blast to the wind and then pick a couple of them. so do you have any insight as to how their process works is it like i don't know i've just read a bunch of lyrics and then Jade has written some tasty licks and we're going to kind of marry the two? Or? I'm sure it's something like that. Yeah, I know Jade also does a little bit of writing in there too. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's the thing. Is like That's the bummer of all these horrible interviews that I've found on this band is I haven't found one good long one that's like, all right, walk me through how this works for you yeah. guys, uh, which I'd really love to see. So I'd like to hopefully do that interview at some point. Um, but God, I can imagine 100 songs written and these are the ones that Got in there. Right. Wow. There's a couple interesting lines, but lyrically, I don't think it's that. I don't think strong. lyrically they've ever been super amazing. No, a couple interesting twists every yeah. once in a while. Um, but then also, it, this song, or this whole album, just feels very, very self-referential. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like the a fire inside stuff, and then also just constantly referencing December, trying to kind of drill that theme home. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really do it for me either. And getting back to the very beginning of this podcast, just that whole message of the band can't really define what they're accomplishing with this album, what they're doing. Um, and this album was where I checked out of AFI. Really? Yeah. I punched the card. I said, I'm going to take 35 millimeter, put it in my briefcase and walk out this door. Uh, and I never looked back. Really? No, not quite. So the, <laughs> the next, there's two albums left. Okay. Before we are fully caught up. Um, and, and you've the, listened to both of them? I've heard both of them. I've probably heard Crash Love one and a half times and Burials maybe once. Really? Yeah. So it's super fresh for me. I I could not tell you one song about saying either raw? of those albums. Is that just, it's raw. I, this album really turned me off. I just realized like, I'm just, I still love AFI, but we're parting ways. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to kind of finally catching up and diving into those new albums. Because I'm sure there is some cool stuff on there. Yeah. I have a feeling that if, if we weren't doing this podcast... This would be probably a good exit 
point as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, where scale- you still want to keep up like they would be like your Facebook friend. Yep. Where they've got a new kid. So I'll just make a quick glance at your you at the hospital holding your new kid. I'll look at it one time, right? Maybe one and a half times, and then next. You know what this done. was, Cork? What was this? To tie it all together, this was me uh, really seeing my first girlfriend kind of walk out the door. Really? It's like we're parting ways. It's a, it's the next chapter of my life. Freshman year of college, uh-huh. time to move on. So I didn't you, move on for another like five years, but that's not important. No. So, the this is like when you left this. This is when you basically parked your car and said, "I'm not going to drive around in circles, pining for this girl who likes a." Right. Guy who's five years older. Whatever happened to those two? Oh, so many children. Really? Uh, no, it was, um, they eventually started dating and then. Wait, they weren't even dating at that point when you were getting all super jelly? No, they were just hanging out all oh, the time boy. and basically dating. And eh, it was, oh, it sucked. Small but then, towns. like, we both moved back to the cities uh-huh. and he lived somewhere else. And so I kept hanging out with her. Yeah. And then we eventually kind of sort of got back together. Oh, and it was this weird thing where it was like, oh, yeah, it was that dumb dumb period in my life where there's that one douchebag around but i still have such a burning hatred let me tell you a story about this guy yeah this is a good story uh so freshman you know december underground era Mm -hmm. after freshman year of college 2006 uh went to like a party at her place there's like a couple people hanging out yeah uh and we're all kind of drinking having a good time but the entire time i was just like fuming like oh forget this guy oh he sucks so hard he looked like he was having fun yeah and he was just and he was a but he was just a wild blowhard he kept talking about his time in hawaii and his religious experience like i just you need to stop he thought he was very cool super interesting oh he sucks so hard here's uh, let me tell you another thing that sucked about this guy (laughs) one time uh i saw him park his car with like his brother Mm -hmm. and he parked horizontally over the parking lot strips what and then he got out of his car and he's from idaho right Uh And then he high-fived his brother and said, Idaho Park Jab! <laughs> that's not the worst thing that guy did. The worst thing he did is at this party yeah. where I was just fuming with rage over this whole thing. He knew that I was like the ex-boyfriend, right? Yeah. And so I was drunk. And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to go crash in the basement on the couch. And then he walked up with my ex-girlfriend to the upstairs where her bedroom was. Mm-hmm. On the stairs, he turned around and winked at me. The old Idaho Park job. He really was about to give him an Idaho Park job. Jeez. Oh, oh Boise was I mad. So in, as someone who doesn't have any like personal attachment to any of the people involved, I think that's a badass move. What? <laughs> what? Oh, I'm sure he's like, oh, this spazzy, dorky guy. He just did not care at all. But oh, my God, did I hate that. God, that's awesome. He just No, it's at, not. He looked at you and winked. Yes. <laughs> Why is that awesome? <laughs> would you ever do that to somebody? I would never be in a situation to have like the opportunity to do Where that. You're but... sleeping with an 18 year old. Wait, he was 23 <laughs> at the time. Uh, yeah, he's 24. And I guess we we're like 19, something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was. Something like that. All right. Hey, look, it's not important. Look, I never think about that. I, uh... It never crosses my mind ever. Wow, that's okay. pretty funny. Though. More important, it no, funny. it's not. No, it's not. It makes me so mad. Oh, right. it would make me mad too, but it, you have to admit on some level that it's kind of funny. All right, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, scale of 1 to 10, December Underground. Six. So it's, uh, the, it is AFI's sixth album that released on June 6, 2006, and you're giving it a six? Yeah. I think I'm going with E. I'll go, I'll go six as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's where this whole thing's landing. Um, so here's the thing. 
here's the thing next episode it mm-hmm. could be crash love which is their next uh full-length album yeah is that one word no 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 they got away from the one word thing after december underground okay Don't worry. but i think the more interesting route to shake things up a little bit mm-hmm. is in 2006 december of 2006 um above ground they released a live concert dvd ah. it's called i heard a voice all right uh and it'd be fun to watch now just to have the full frame reference like what do they choose to sing how does Davey perform? What's mm-hmm. their whole style at this point? What kind of shroud is Guy Normal hidden behind? That's right. And there's also a couple other live performances and kind of doodads around this time that I think would be kind of fun to cover. So next time it's going to be a video-focused instead of just audio-focused uh-huh. episode of If I Rance It Out as we cover I Heard a Voice, the concert DVD. That sounds fun. Cool. All right. Well, I look forward to covering it with you, Cork. As do I. There we am. go. <laughs> Until next time. Hey, uh, 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 uh,